good old Hangouts. Yeah, this is my first time using this. It's my hundredth time using it. I still don't get it right. So, <laughs> yeah, this is Dana from Junius, and this is my chapter of As the Story Grows. What would you say you do here? Have a good time all the time. Who's got it better than us? Nobody! What in God's holy name are you blathering about? Well, I'll tell you what I'm blathering about. I've got information, man. I should be realistic. What do you love about music? I am being realistic. As the story grows. You got this, Travis. Make him wait for it. Boom. Welcome back to the next chapter of As the Story Grows. My name is Trav. I have Dana Falloon from Junius this, uh, on the, in this chapter. On, I almost said on this episode, and that was what we hung up. See, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, who cares? Dana, what's going on, man? How are you? Uh, things are well. Things are well. Early on a Sunday morning, drinking our coffees. And I'm glad I got a hold of you because... I, I need to learn more about your band. You're you're one of those in between bands that kind of fell through the cracks with me. And yep. I remember, I remember uh, the earlier, the earlier uh, forcing out the silence. Yep, I think was the first time I ever heard you guys because I remember the song "Hiding Knives." Yep. Yeah, and then from there, um, kind of lost track. You uh, heard Junius here and there. And, and and just knew you guys were still out there. I knew the whole Boston up north thing. Yeah, I'll circle back. I'll circle back. And then like uh, got a hold of Daryl from Cancer Conspiracy, and here we are now. Uh, he was he kind of recommended you, and I was like, oh yeah, I know them. So I, I'm glad I'm glad we're getting an opportunity to talk. So yeah. tell me a little bit about like you know your beginning and your your intro and how this all got started. Well, uh, first thing out, Silence was our first EP that we, we did, uh, and we actually recorded that with Will, uh, who runs Radar Studio with Daryl. Yeah. And uh, we actually did that in his house in, uh, in Austin, Mass. Uh, you know, limited budget. To say. <laughs> but uh, Was that Hydrahead? No, this was uh, Radar Recordings. That mm, was, mm, mm. was released with them. Oh, with them. Okay, all right. We, you know, which was basically Will and Mike, our guitar player. Right. So, but initially when, when the band started, uh, I had met Joe um, in, uh, basically in college. Okay. Um, what school? Let's, uh, yeah, let's wind it back. We were both going to the Art Institutes, um, both hating it. And Why? music, you know, I didn't want to record bands for the rest of my life. Uh, 
I had already been, uh, I'd already been in touring band actually with Kathy from circle takes a square. I don't know if you listen to those guys or not. At all, I think I know of them. I can't remember if I know anything or not. Drew is, uh, Drew, their guitar player is actually on our new record. Hmm, okay. Doing some guitar work and, and vocals and stuff. And we've known them for a really long time, but that was my first, one of my first punk bands was with Kathy from that band. So, so it was with Kathy from circle takes a square. Yeah. What was the name of that band? Um, the real fisticuffs and i was you were touring and everything yeah we toured we did a tour with actual maps and no cell phones it was interesting <laughs> interesting but uh okay i kind of sold my drum set and i sold my stuff to come up to boston and then after a year being here doing construction i decided to do i wanted to do music so i went to college mm -hmm. and then decided i wanted to play music again so i put up a flyer right next to Joe's flyer uh, looking for musicians. And we had some similar taste on there um, like home. And uh, he had some bands that I'd never heard of like failure at the time and uh, bands like that. And uh, I was more in the direction of like hot water music, but we had Sunday day real estate was the same, you know, things like that. And so that's kind of how we, came across each other and we met in my basement in Jamaica Plain and we started playing music together. And I think uh, I was already playing with uh, this other uh, person. And as soon as I started playing with Joe, I kind of realized that was the direction I wanted to go. Cause I kind of, I really messed with Joe uh, musically. And um, we lived in a room together for a while and wrote music and, you know, did her thing and just started started playing music and we had a we had a band for a little while called dead space okay and then that was short-lived uh we wrote a few few tracks and then uh and then we met mike uh mike actually came to one of our shows down in our basement and uh he's like i kind of want to join and uh we <laughs> created junius did you, did you need another musician at the time and he just forced himself in or what? Well, you know, it was, it was kind of funny because we, you know, he, he had, he worked for TVT records at the time. So we were like, Ooh, cool. You know, it's a guy from TVT, you know, and right. we just kind of hit it off and mm -hmm. uh, really developed into a really cool friendship. And, you know, we, we went through like seven, eight bass players trying to find somebody that made sense. You guys seem to have that, um, you, you, it reminded me of when I talked to Shelby from Frotus. You guys had like a, it looks like the drummer and the, the, the singer songwriter guitar guy seems to be like kind of the stationary parts. And then it was like bass player, spinal tap, revolving door kind of a thing. Right. Yeah. That's, it was definitely interesting how quick, you know, we, we, we would get somebody and then lose somebody, you know, hmm. it's also a big personality thing too as well. Like, sure. Right. Know, once we decided to go on the road and we started touring, it was, you really get to know somebody when you're on tour. Gotcha. Nope. It's just, you know, it's close quarters. It's, you know, bad personalities and all the worst things about you come out and right. whether or not the other people can deal with that, you know? Right. <laughs> right. Were there, were there a lot of firings or were there a lot of quittings kind of a mesh of the two? Really? Okay. Um, a lot of awkward. It was just a lot of awkward and, you know, it's like, uh, oh, oh, that's the type of touring musician you are. Okay, well, it's totally cool. It's just, I don't know if that's going to work, you know? Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, all right. Almost like awkwardly office space, you know? <laughs> you know. <laughs> going to have to go ahead and ask you to stop being I, an asshole. I love you, but I'm not in love with you. you know? <laughs> okay, fair enough. You know, so after, after many, many bass players and a bunch of touring, um, you know, we were doing nine, ten months out of the year in the beginning. Wow. Oh, my God, really? just staying out and doing stuff and you know really the first couple of years were pretty pretty crazy uh broke you know the normal the normal you know we don't have babies or wives or rent and we're just right. homeless and get weird you know what was the van situation i'm always curious how like how how did you how did you um how did you lock down on a vehicle that seems like uh Again, going back to Daryl, the van thing seemed to be like what makes or breaks a band. Sometimes if that transmission goes at exactly the wrong time, 
that that was the end you know what i mean yeah. i mean we we you know went through a lot of different vehicles one of our first touring vehicles i got from when i was in college i got i started doing live sound mm -hmm. i got the job to, and my boss at the time was selling her old work van that had no insulation it was like barren in the back we actually put a couch in the back like a normal couch and uh bolted it to the ground and <laughs> i'm sure that's street legal right yeah. <laughs> i got in trouble for that one but you know, i think back at some of that stuff and you know we you know you learn things like we learned when you take off and you didn't bolt the couch down that you're gonna go flying into the back of the van come to find that out you know right but yeah we toured that for a long time and it was real cold and real gross and but it did the thing and then uh you know multiple vans we had a we had a we had this bright idea to get the shuttle bus that we found here in boston and it was very old um it was an old airport shuttle bus that somebody converted and it was you know a big hunk of hunk of shit with like you know the biggest engine ford makes in it you know so it was like you know two miles to the gallon but you know we could live in it so we got that and we enlisted some friends. We stayed up in Vermont and renovated it and we put bunks in it. And I lived in it for, you know, a good six months with Joel or our bass player. And really? it was uh, intense, but we traveled around the country in that. And we lost a motor in that thing. I was underneath, I think, fixing it every time. Uh, and I think my fondest memory of that vehicle would have to be traveling with Constance, Will's band. Okay. And they had the veggie oil school bus that they, they traveled around in. Oh, okay. So when we were touring together, there's pictures of us right next to each other, you know, and it was like the veggie oil school bus and the inconvenient truth, you know, which was like, you know, this, this brutal piece of crap, just leaking oil and, you know, petroleum everywhere. <laughs> but that, that was short lived with that. We were out in truth or consequences, New Mexico in the middle of summer driving through and, uh, we melted the drive shaft in half right on the side of the road. And, uh, in a town called truth or consequences. Yeah, it couldn't be any better. And we you had to beat that shit up, man. We, we had to play a show at the Sonic ranch, out, out uh, whatever the hell that is. Um, uh, which is where about the drive in recorded and all that stuff. Oh, okay. So we made all that happen, but I left that there. It's, it's, it's dead in the desert somewhere. <laughs> it's still there. <laughs> yeah, I think so. It's probably some some grifter living in it. It writes me letters every now and then. So hey, I'm still doing all right. Thanks for abandoning me. It's still a little hot, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's funny. I left my passport in that damn thing too. That was not a good move. I bet that guy picked up on that too and changed your photo out. And and now there's two of me. Ugh. You better hope he doesn't show up on any weird lists. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I guess I guess the the. And part of that story is the, uh, now we just rent vans. <laughs> sure. Right on. back up further uh before you decided to at, at one point you were a kid in high school trying to make a decision as to what you wanted to do with with a uh, art college recording and stuff like that so 
So what, what, like, tell me about little Dana. Well, I grew, grew up in Port Charlotte, Florida. Oh, okay. Uh, was born in Detroit, but I, I moved down to Florida with my parents. So I went to high school down there. Okay. 18, I moved um, basically pretty much out of high school, 18, 19 years old. I moved with my my girlfriend at the time to Boston because she was going to MIT. Okay. Uh, that's how I got up here. And then I was still doing construction here, and I was like, you know, I really want to play music, and, like, I don't want to do construction, you know? Right. That's why I decided to go to college here. But What type, what type of construction? Uh, HVAC. <sighs> God, yeah. dude, you guys have the worst. Yeah. Oh, my God. 140 yeah. degrees up in, an, uh, up in an attic somewhere and cutting your hands open on the tin. So, Pass. You know, I didn't, you know, when I was in Florida, I didn't really have any idea of what was going to happen because I just kind of quit everything there, mm-hmm. sold everything and was just kind of like, this is what I need to do. I feel like I need to get out of Florida because it's just, there's no opportunity down there whatsoever. So I went for it and I moved to Boston and I'm really glad I did, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, it took a while. I played with a bunch of different folks before I met Joe right. and it was like, you know, chance meetings and, you know, quick, like little, hang out for an hour and you're like, I don't know all this buddy, you know? Yeah. And I didn't even know what the hell I was going for because I went from, you know, being in like a ska punk band to, you know, being introduced to a lot of different music. I think I would have never heard. Right. You know, some of the revelation stuff. And, you know, uh, there's this band Garrison that we got to know, uh, played some shows with and stuff. And, you know, it just introduced me to a lot of different stuff, you know, not that I was closed minded, but more, things I would have never listened to. Right. Mm-hmm. And then once me and Joe started hanging out and he introduced me to a lot of different types of music and uh, we just really kind of fell into whatever was going to happen. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't like we were trying to write a specific type of music together. It was kind of like, huh, okay, here we go. You know, this is, this is the direction that we're going in. And, um, you know, obviously as you add different members and, you know, different influences that changes and morphs into whatever it's going to be. And, uh, I think I hear that progression in Junius too, from what I've listened to. I think I hear more, correct me if I'm wrong. This is coming from a very snapshot, ignorant place, but, um, I feel like the earlier stuff is a little bit more representative of the hum and the indie influence. And I feel like you guys are progressing into this anthemic, huge, noise rock kind of a modern day uh my bloody valentine meets pink floyd kind of a thing you know um accurate not accurate i I think it's accurate Uh, okay all right that's what i gathered from it because i i I remember the indie rock stuff and then i joined and then i like i said i dropped out for a while because i can't keep up with everybody and then when i joined back in the the videos are like rolling landscapes and 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 it got it got kind of dark and and Yeah. Wow. I was like, oh, is this is I'm like looking at the side of the screen, like Junius, right? I got the right guys. Right. But I hear similarities. I also hear just the progression and the, and the direction that it went. It was, what, what do you attribute that to? Well, I think, um, you know, this, the, the latest record, uh, the newest one, you know, Joe kind of took the reins and um, Mike left the band and Joel left for the recording. He wasn't a, a part of it. So it was basically Joe and myself. And so Joe wrote, every bit of that record. Okay. Um, you know, we, I recorded and wrote most of the drums. Um, you know, he even came with me with some ideas for drums. It's like, this is kind of how I feel this is going to go. Mm-hmm. And we're working on structure together. But Joe really, uh, you know, he, he basically took everything and just like brought it all in to his world. And he, he really loves the classical side of things. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hear that. Yeah. He's, um, he's an absolute songwriter. Through mm-hmm. So he's kind of, he works tirelessly at that. Mm-hmm. As as finding movement, um, how this is going to flow underneath it. There's a billion layers that he has that just kind of, you know, I'm, I'm right now I'm trying to put together backing tracks for, for our live stuff. I was going to ask you about that. I'm glad you brought that up. And it's, you know, when I, when I get a glimpse of exactly what he does and what he goes through, it's like, okay, I see what, mm-hmm. 
you're a maniac, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's something about that, that songwriter, guitarist, band leader guy that thinks on the multiple, like a hard enough time being a drummer and thinking about maybe adding like a, like I'm, I'm impressed when I come up with like, I should put a tambourine there. You know what I mean? Like who didn't do that before? But these guitarists that think on like multiple, like I wrote three guitar parts, they're all going at the same time. And I'm like, where in that crazy pile of mashed right. potatoes insanity brain of yours did you come up with the two things that sound totally different but you're going to sync them up you know that that's impressive it's really it, it really uh it's really and he's doing all these vocals you know and he's, he's yeah stuff together and it's his and it's his vision you know that i've always trusted him you know and a lot of times you know at the beginning of a project he he's like all right i'm going to tell you what this is what my idea is in a nutshell but don't you know, don't hold me to it. Cause it's just, you know, this is, this is, and he'll explain it to me. And I'm like, you know, this is like, I don't, you know, this is way bigger than whatever I am, you know? Right. 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 And once, once you get to see it all come together, like uh, drew from circle did the artwork too, as well. Mm-hmm. And once you see how he's kind of made it all kind of all encompassing, uh, it's uh, really something special. I think that's evolved. That's evolved too. I want to, I want to get back to the live sound too, because I'm a nerd and I'm into that stuff, but the artwork too, you kind of like Junius's Junius's is that the plural? Is that the past tense? Junius I, whatever. Junius, Junius I. The, uh, the earlier stuff had a more of a hot water music, sort of right. a scratchy. I yeah. drew this in a hurry kind of a vibe. Not that it's bad, but it, it's not refined and perfect. And it's, right. you know, it's, it's not that distant bowl of fruit on a table as much as it is just an idea splashed down. Now the artwork has almost gotten, it looks like it's heading in the direction of like, uh, um, it's a word I'm looking for. Help me out. The, uh, it's very, yeah, dead air on the podcast. Way to go. Uh, Hmm. It's a word I'm looking for. Very mathematical, geometric. Okay. Uh, yeah. No. Sure. Well, that's kind of that's kind of Drew style too. Okay. He's you know he, he works with a lot of shapes and depth, and I, you know when we we worked with him before on the uh, the martyrdom record, which is more of a book, like it's kind of a book cover. It's like an old school kind of book cover, but it's very, you know. You know, each corner has a catastrophe, catastrophe in it, kind of. And, okay, all right. Uh, we just love his art, and yeah. you know, it really makes sense for what we're trying to what we're trying to get across. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because that so basically, what Joe is trying to do in a, in a nutshell is in three records, kind of go tell us a complete story, kind of. Um, oh. So. You know, martyrdom. Uh, Joe kind of obsessed about Emanuel Velikovsky and his work, and kind of paralleling it with you know the music industry and the struggles that we have and love and you know all these huge things and uh, you know you, you can see, you can see the progression of the records. Like this is more of the new one's more kind of being okay with things the, the things the way they are and trying to reach enlightenment and kind of, you know, see yourself as bigger than just the human body and, you know, all these really heavy, heady, you know, thoughts, you know, yeah. He's a big reader. Joe is, and mm. uh, he's, he's a pretty smart dude. <laughs> it comes with age because yeah. I think, I think, how old are you guys? Uh, I'm 38. Okay. All right. Um, you can't, you can't write that record when you're pissed off at everything when you're 19. Right. And if you do try to write that record when you're 19, I have a hard time buying it now that I'm 40. You right. know what I mean? Right. So it's, it's an evolution. It takes a while to arrive at that point of like, okay, <laughs> I'm getting tired <laughs> yelling about everything. It's time right. to just accept and find, find my happy place for, for lack of a generic way to put it. But I get that. I can, I can roll with that. I think, I think his, the way he's telling stories now in the new record. I mean, you know, we have huge gaps between our records because that's life, you know, for, right, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm really happy to be on prosthetic and be able to, you know, EJ has really been super patient with us and understanding this is kind of where we're at. And, you know, he likes our band enough to be okay with it, you know? Yeah. And, uh, 
I think I feel that that this record's definitely some of the best stuff that we've put out. I, I think you know Joe's lyrics and the way he's he's bringing these ideas across really uh, really is going to set this record apart from the rest of them because mm-hmm. we are getting older, and you can tell as we get older, you know what's going to make us happy musically. Right. It's not necessarily for anyone else, you know, it's just kind of like, this is where we're at right now. Right. And that's kind of, we've managed to keep our core audience, you know, everybody, I mean, every show we hear somebody asking us to play Hotting Knives, you know, which for us is like, you know, that was like one of the first songs we wrote as a band, you know, and, you know, we, we love that stuff too, but it, you know, that's, that was us then and this is us now, you know, yeah. So it gets, it gets, it gets hard and you know, we're not used to having this many songs. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. That's true. You know, too. You know, it's like when you're in a band and you're like, well, we got six songs, you know, mm-hmm. oh, which song are we going to play? We're going to play those six songs. We're going to play the entire album. <laughs> yeah. right. You know, it's really easy that way. Mm-hmm. And then now it's like, okay, well, how is, how can we represent all the albums, you know, in a nutshell? Right. And uh, it can be, it could be challenging. I mean, I'm pretty excited about the set list that we have together for the upcoming shows. It's it's going to be cool. forward to to playing and, and getting you know playing in front of people it's been a while yeah you know? and actually i haven't done i haven't done a u.s tour in a while because every time the u.s tour came uh justin our tour manager would have to fill in on drums for me because i just couldn't do both the european stuff and the, and the u.s stuff i would just be away for too long 
So yeah. this is the difference, you know, once you have families, or you have kids, it's, you have to kind of pick and choose. Yeah. And usually when you're a singer, you don't have that choice. You have to go. <laughs> yep. So, so now we're kind of at the point where, you know, I'll have a conversation with Joe and it'll be like, we're only going to do this buddy. Cause this is all I can do. And I said, Hey man, you know, whatever we can do, it's, it's, it's cool. You right. know, mm-hmm. cause it's, it's not about, you know, being huge and, you know, trying to, make a bunch of money because that's there's just no money in it anyway it's just not going to happen anyway right? what works with our families and what works what's uh, we'd much rather do quality shows than quantity at this point right on i can right. respect that a lot i saw your new run the the east coast tour has like is it is it is it even nine dates eight it's dates like on it or something like that six shows six or seven shows six or seven shows yeah i mean this here's what we have to offer make it or don't sorry you know and that's what we'll that's do fun. and then we'll we'll, we'll do you know, we'll run later in the year on the West Coast, try to get out to Europe. You know, we'll try to get down south when we can. And, you know, all we can do is what we're capable of doing. You know, we're not going to sacrifice, you know, uh, and get out there and possibly play a bogus show somewhere when I when we could be home, you know? Right. And that's just the reality of it. You know, that's sure. kind of the way, the way things roll, you know. But we're, gonna, we're really trying and doing the best we can to, to tour as much as we can, you know. Right, because we really love the new songs. We're so anxious to play them live, you know. Mm -hmm. So, speaking of that, what do you? We'll circle back around to the other stuff. But what do you do? um, What do you do to make ends meet? Uh, How do you keep? How do you keep the lights on and the the washing machine going? Um, I'm a live sound engineer. Okay. So I set up PAs here in Boston. We're freelance, basically. Okay. Um, For somebody or your own business. I, I no, I work for a bunch of people. Oh, okay. A bunch of different clubs and, and venues and stuff here. Gotcha. Uh, that seems to work out pretty good. The freelance stuff works out pretty well because I make my own schedule. Mm-hmm. So, so that works out pretty well. Uh, I just recently moved to the North Shore of Boston, which is uh, about forty minutes from the city. Mm-hmm. So it's nice up here. <laughs> it's a little quieter. Yeah. You can go with quiet. Yeah, more space, which is nice. <laughs> All the uh, all the rabid Patriots fans probably just came right through your town to go to the parade, right? Yeah, well, it's kind of uh, everybody takes the train here. So oh, if you're okay. Lucky enough to catch the train after a Bruins game or after something like that, it gets a little weird, it gets a little hairy. Gotcha. Sure. Yeah, I'm not a huge <laughs> sports guy, so. <laughs> No, I'm not going to pretend to be either. I just know <clears throat> they just won again in your backyard. So I, I bet I seem to be working my way up through the uh, the whole uh, upper peninsula, East Coast, New England people right now and hit them at a good time, you know? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, going back to that live sound thing, you guys have so much going on, so many layers. I was actually curious how um, – I don't see a keyboard player. Right. Constant keyboards going all the time. There's always like this background full right. noise going on. Um, is Joe, maybe it's a better question for him, but I mean, you know, you're a live sound guy. You know what you're talking about. Um, is he a loop guitar guy? Are you guys sequencing? Like, how do you pull that off with four people? Yeah, basically we're, you know, as, as we've, as Joe discovers new ways to, you know, manipulate music, mm-hmm. uh, with that comes uh, more tracks and more things that, you know, as a live sound engineer, I want to isolate and give to our live engineer while we're playing. Um, but so basically we're, we have, you know, a multi-track playback machine that we're going to be using uh, as we go. And I play, we all play with, cl- with click track and uh, seems to work out pretty well. Um, some of the newer stuff has a lot more tracks than, than prior. So it's a matter of figuring out how that's going to work in the scheme of things. Right. Uh, there's a lot of synth stuff. There's, uh, you know, some aux percussion stuff that we put in there on some of the tracks. There's backing vocals. There's stuff that, you know, that Joe did, you know, three different layers of different backing tracks. Or, you know, there's uh, gang vocals and things like that that I really want it to be represented live. Um. That, uh, that we're putting together now. And uh, I'm, I'm having to go back to like finding old tracks and getting them together. Like we used to just do like a mono, just like a pre mono backing track. 
and then click was on, you know, you just pan it left and right. And then I, we would get click and that, but I really want, you know, these songs to be represented in, in a, in a correct way. Um, especially the new stuff. I mean, it's just like, it's the, the stuff that's in the stereo field on, on, on this new record. It's just, it's, it's phenomenal. And, right. Uh, I just, I just want to try to give it as much life as I can, you know, uh, it's just expensive, <laughs> ah. you know, cause with that comes more gear and, you know, I really want us to be self-contained and, you know, comfortable. Right. That yeah. Was- no, you want it to be a, a, a true rep- representation of it. There's, right. there's, there's a lot of bands that are using it too much. They're, they're like depending on it too much. It's becoming, it's, it's almost becoming like uh to the point that if the band stopped playing and just open handed it and everything and let the backtrack and let the, the, the background keep going, you might even barely notice that they stopped playing, you know, right. but the, uh, the nice, uh, the nice chemical balance of having like, we're still a live four piece and we're still doing most of the noises, but you're also hearing uh bringing the live show up to album quality because you're hearing everything you know what i mean there's 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 bands that go in there and just pull all the studio tricks and then go out and play as a four piece and they sound anemic compared to their album and there's other people that go out there and just run the album and kind of lip sync to it you know what i mean you got you, you want to find that nice quality balance in between the two so you can sleep at night and know that you're not like fraudulent on stage you know i mean i guess that you know the you know, I take take solace in the fact that you know I know that every one of those notes Joe tirelessly sat and and programmed. You know, right. mm-hmm. you know, I just want I, I just want everything to be heard the way it's supposed to. You know, and and it's 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 going to be interesting. You know, some of these smaller venues, it's really hard because the PA's can't handle some of the program. So I think we're gonna we're gonna try to. We used to do you know, kind of full stack guitars, but with the samples coming out of the bottom cabinets. Okay. So actually, you know, so some of the, the tracks will be generated from the stage, which, which I feel, I feel like really helps round it out. Like for people that are right up front, that can't really hear the PA. I think it really helps. Uh, if it's all coming from the same source. Yeah. I think that, that helps engulf kind of what we're trying to do. I think that's why I like smaller venues. It seems that most of the bands that I'm interested in seeing play a smaller venue that I can actually relate with. Cause if I stand too close, the band sounds like shit. There's nothing right. I can do about it because I'm in front of stuff. Right. You know, I'm, I'm further up than I'm supposed to be. But if, if I go all the way to the back, it sounds great. I can't see anything. There's right. too many people, you know? So I like the small club where I can kind of like wander around and go get a drink and listen to it over in that corner. Sometimes you just get, yeah. concrete stuck in this one spot and, and, and that that's where I am for the show. I'm staring at the back of this dude's head. This is what right. they sound like. You know? Yeah. That's important. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think it, especially for this stuff, I just want to, like I said, I just want it to be quality. I, I want it to, to make sense and I want people to remember these shows, you know? Right. But, you know, just like with any band, after you play so many shows, I don't care who you are, you become jaded. And you kind of, you know, you tend to um, take take for granted, or or just kind of get 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 sick of the same old thing, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think with these shows, it's going to be they're going to be so few and far between, really, in the big picture compared to what we used to do. That we're going to be so hyper focused on on make, getting them right, you know. Right. You know, if you're on the road for you know, you know, two months, you know, those that last week of shows is you're going to, you're going to kind of phone it in a little bit cause you're so tired, you know? Sure. Sure. Um, and that's just kind of the nature of the, the beast. Um, especially if you're, you know, sometimes the nature of touring is you go play this, you know, big show in front of 500 people. Uh, uh, or like when we did the Catatonia stuff where, you know, you go and play in front of 1200 people and 15, whatever. And then the next day you're going in front of 200 and it may be a place you've never been before in, in Eastern Europe somewhere or something. And then all of a sudden it's like, there's 12 people there and you're like, Whoa, and it's just such a difference that you're just like, I don't even know what I'm doing. You know, right. Right. You're either, you know, six miles away from the audience and not feeling anything. Or you're right there and there's just one guy that's been waiting for his whole life to see you. you know? <laughs> right. Either way you're stoked, but it's like, it's, it, it's such a difference. You know? Right. Right. 
I hear people talk about that when they play festivals. Yeah. They, yeah. they play the festival on, uh, they play the festival on, uh, uh, the festivals Friday and Saturday. Yep. yep. And their, and their band is playing Friday. So they do a local show Saturday or vice versa. Right. Everybody's at the festival. So they go play that show just to kind of fill in space because otherwise, what am I supposed to do? Sit here and not make money that day? And they and they go they go to the club and it's like, yeah. and and like nobody nobody came, nobody paid attention to it. The sound guy got hired or whatever. He's not he doesn't even care. And um, yeah, it winds up being a really bad show. And you know those bad reviews pop up louder than the good ones do on the internet. So I, I've heard people we've been there. Say, yeah, I'm sure everybody's done it. They almost feel like you know in retrospect probably would have been better for us to just sit in the van that day. <laughs> you know? well, you, know, what are you, gonna do? you you want to go with the, you know, the, you know, Hey, we've got to play, man. You know, we got to, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you, you hit those stinkers every now and then. And, and yeah. sometimes it just doesn't make sense. Sometimes you're just, you know, driving to a city just because that's in between the two shows and you're, hopefully there'll be at least one person that you can sleep on their floor or, you know, whatever you can do to, you know, break up the 16 hour drive or something. Yeah, really. You just, sometimes you just want to show in between the two cities. So you have a place to stop. You have to stop and gas up anyway. Yeah. Very I, good. We did that. We did seven weeks with Catatonia and basically following a bus around, which, you know, when you're in a van with a bunch of dudes and then it's 10 hour, 10 hours between each. So it's like <sighs> brutal. It's yeah. a long day. You know, you're, all of a sudden, you're just like on autopilot. You're just like, "Where are we? What's going on?" You know, <laughs> and uh, just trying to just trying to make it through. But, yeah. yeah, it's okay when you do it when you do it spread out. You can do the long you can do the long trip because you're almost kind of reuniting. Like, oh yeah, I remember what this was like. This is kind of right. fun because right. it's a weekend. Because I'm going back to work on Monday. You know, right, 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 right. When you're out there for seven weeks, uh, if anybody uh, anybody says the wrong thing, I'm gonna kill you. That kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. Too much tension. It's a little, gets a little weird. No sleep. It's you know when you don't have any sleep or you, you know, it's, it can get weird. So, so this this uh, this latest album is coming out on prosthetic. It's coming out in the beginning of March. Uh, that, that's why I wanted to talk to you when I did because this is this is timely. I'm, I'm not like keep up with the new releases, guy. I can't. Yeah, Same no. thing. I got I got to go to work, you know. But but um, I'm stoked for the new one. And and this seems, from what you're saying, this seems to be the most representative. Correct me if I'm wrong. Again, um, this seems to be the most representative of Joe kind of writing an album like not alone because I didn't want any help, but I mean, just kind of the way the cards fell, right. this is really like his brainchild, huh? It really is. Uh, and you know, the writing process, uh, was probably one of the smoothest we've had only because, 
you know, less moving parts. And the, and the way me and Joe work together, it's easy. You know, mm-hmm. he's just very methodical songwriter. So he kind of had, he, he has this uncanny ability to have a, a, a full picture first, which is really interesting to me that I don't necessarily understand until I dig in. Once mm-hmm. I dig in and I see how the tracks are going to line up and kind of how he's doing things. And as we go through the tracks and we're sending files back and forth and, you know, tweaking stuff, uh, I can see it develop into what he was originally talking about. And that's just kind of how it's always been with him. Hmm. It's just so interesting. That's, I, I think that's where that kind of, that kind of trust and understanding came from because hmm. he's always just, it's always just ended up the way it's supposed to be, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, of course, any, any band or any, any band that writes music is going to be like, ah, well, it didn't really end up the way I want to, or that recording doesn't sound the way it should. You know, this is, this is the way things are. You know, when you release something, it's out there now, especially nowadays it's out there and it's out there forever. The way it is, you know, right. Not like, you know, Oh, well let's only release 500 of those and then we'll just, we'll remaster and redo it. No, it's not how it is. It's right. Right. In the ether somewhere. So, uh, my dad used to, my dad used to say stuff like that to me when he was a, he was a, a stonemason. Uh-huh. He would repair swimming pools. Uh-huh. And um, sometimes you'd roll in, you'd roll into a pool and it was, it was, it was a, it was a puddle with green water in it, man. It was a disaster. Everything was ruined and everything. And as a kid, cause you're dumb, you know, I just roll in and see how much work we have to do and be like, Oh my God, this is going to suck so much. And he's like, no, 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 no. You have, you, have, you have to see what I'm seeing in my head. I'm finishing this. Like he treated it like, like yeah. it was his, like it was his art, you know. <clears throat> he pictured the coping completely finished, and uh, or or swapping it out with brick and the tile line and how the colors are going to contrast and how it's going to look with the decking and that kind of thing. And he used to finish the he used to finish the product in his head and then take the steps it would take to get to that end product. Whereas I'm just the hired gun. I'm just mixing mud and throwing stone, and I'm like, who sucks? Bleh. And he'd be like, you're not you're never going to enjoy what you're doing if you can't if you can't picture the pro if you can't picture the finished product, right? And, and, um, that's cool. That that's, I don't think I've discussed that before, but what you're saying about Joe and, and what, and what you guys are doing with Junius is reminding me of that where, you know, he, he pictured the end game first and you all are working your way towards it rather than just, I don't know, we have six songs. I guess we're playing six songs tonight. You know, it, it, it really, yeah. I, I hear them. I hear the maturity of a, of a 15, 20 year old band, you know? And it's, you know, obviously it's a pretty trying thing to write an entire record on your own like that, especially at this kind of level that we're mm-hmm. at. We have an expectation now uh, and, you know, that we're we're trying to meet or exceed, you know, right. you know when you don't release a record for an extended period of time, uh, people get antsy. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, folks can kind of write you off too. Uh, pretty easily because they're so frustrated that they didn't have a record. Uh, yeah, right. I waited this long for this crap, you know, this. Yeah. Right. 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 But I mean, it's, so, such, it's such a, oh, so you're trying to please a microwave society yeah. where yeah. you guys need to crank out an album every year and it better be amazing. Right. And it better sound like the old one. And it better sound like you went in a new direction. Right. Dude, can't. Just not, <laughs> I mean, we would have had already started writing the new one. You know, and like right, already right. being pre-pro, you know, <laughs> right, right, yeah, you're already, you're already work, can't tour because we're working on the next album, already. right? Yeah, so, you know, we're not definitely not that type of band, and you know, we're excited for people to 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 hear the rest of the record. We've gotten you know really good responses for the first song, and uh, we got a new one come. Uh, we got two more two more tracks coming out here in the next uh, month or week, mm-hmm. and. Uh, What's the name of the What's the name of the first track you put out? The first track was uh, the Queen's Constellation. Mm-hmm. That's the one with all the rolling snowy yeah. landscapes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the other two will come out whenever I find out they're going to come out, <laughs> which I'm not sure. About. <laughs> uh, and, uh, but it will. I mean, we were stoked to have Rolling Stone. You know. We have, oh yeah, I forgot we, about that. We have a little bit of uh, history with them, with because they, you know, use one of their quotes and. They seem to like our band, which is awesome. Whoever's writing for them, and which is you know really good for us, and you know whatever we can do to reach more people, obviously. Sure. Uh, and our publicist and everybody's just working real hard, and you know, music industry is really, 
really crazy and I don't really understand it anymore. I just, I just get stoked to when I see my name or I see the actual record still, you know, and I kind of hold on to that when I actually see the tangible thing, it still excites me. And I think if that doesn't happen anymore, then I don't really want to do it. You know, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's how I feel about that. But Good. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that happy to have taken the time to talk to you about this mm-hmm. and uh, I'm stoked for the new one. And I know in the East, uh, for the East Coast tour that you're doing, you said six or seven shows. Yeah. I know uh, Kung Fu Necktie in Philly is in there somewhere. Yep, yep. I- I'm going to try. It's a Wednesday night. I'm a working okay. guy. I'm, I'm going to try. I understand. Will you let us know? <laughs> okay, I will. And um, thanks. Thanks for taking the time, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks to Daryl for, for kind of uh, introducing the two of us sort of indirectly. Yeah, for sure. And um, yeah, man, kick ass. Thank you so yeah. much for, for taking the time. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. a part of Lavira Productions. High five. Follow me on Twitter and Facebook at As The Story Grows and visit the site at asthestorygrows.com. Make sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss anything and subscribe to my YouTube page so you can see unedited interviews. Visit the Bandcamp link in the notes of this show for free cover songs, some free tunes, and merch. If you like what you heard and would like to help, there's a Patreon link on every episode. Or you can look for the dollar sign on the website for one-time donations. If you can't afford to donate, that's totally okay. Tell a friend, retweet me, and give me a good rating on iTunes. Send your guest requests and any feedback for the show to asthestorygrows at gmail.com. And thank you so much for listening today. Take care. Bye-bye.